convenient, coordinated, high quality health care. That's our focus. Keeping you up to date and informed. It's SMG Radio, brought to you by Summit Medical Group. Here's Melanie Cole. Tearful, tantrum-filled goodbyes are common during a child's earliest years and around the first birthday. Many kids develop separation anxiety, getting upset when a parent tries to leave them with someone else. Though it's perfectly normal part of childhood development, it can be very unsettling for parents. My guest today is Allison Berry. She's a licensed clinical social worker at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Allison. So let's talk about separation anxiety. What is it and when does it usually start? Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, so separation anxiety is really an anxiety disorder that's specific to separation from the caregiver. Um, children that have separation anxiety do not feel safe or comfortable unless they're right next to their parent or their caregiver. It's normal for children um, to not want parents to leave their side, but most children can become distracted, and this usually resolves by, I would say, age five, around kindergarten. Um from ages 12 to 18 months through that age, kids are really learning through practice and separations, like a school trip or playing on the jungle gym or spending time with grandparents, that mom or dad or caregiver will return or will be here when I'm back. Children with separation anxiety really have what we refer to in sessions here as a glitch in the brain, where they see each separation as an event that's a crisis. Let's start with babies, because that's every parent's, it's so unsettling, as I said in the intro. Give us your best tips for the baby thing, because I remember even as a parent standing there trying not to come back in when you hear your baby cry when you leave for the first couple of times. Mm -hmm. What do you tell people every day, Allison, about dealing (laughs) with that feeling? Absolutely. I think, you know, that's that's a great question because really I work with a lot of parents who deal with that and my best advice is really to try to help the parents themselves with their own anxiety around hearing that. It's normal for babies to cry. They need to be fed, they need to be held, they need their diaper changed and that's a normal part of child rearing and I think that a lot of times parents can become very uncomfortable and unsettled with that. So if a parent Um, They may not realize it, but sometimes they are at times sort of reinforcing the anxiety that the child is having by, you know, seeing the crying almost as something that they can't tolerate, seeing it as, you know, unbearable, and trying to really help the child learn to self-soothe at that age. So that's really the most important point. We have to take a stand and deal with our own anxiety about this and teach the child to Mm self-soothe. Absolutely. And I mean, in elementary age children, you know, it's different. There's going to be different signs crying, of course, but there's going to be a lot of avoidance behaviors that we see. So maybe a child doesn't want to go to um, a sleepover or they are scared to go to school in the morning. A lot of times it's around uh, nighttime worry. Kids want to sleep in their parents' bed. So those are signs really around the elementary age child where it's becoming separation anxiety, where it's outside of the norm after the kindergarten years when it's usually resolved by then. So in the elementary and even the kindergarten years, what do you tell parents about being consistent and those goodbye rituals? Because kids do hang on and they say, don't leave me, mommy, don't walk away. And they can talk at that point. So it's even harder on the parents. Absolutely. Well, really what we're doing with parents is to help them try, and I know that this is difficult, but to try to cease reassurance. 
um, they're providing a lot of reassurance, and often that ends up reinforcing the anxiety. It's one of the biggest challenges that we see with parents. They don't always realize that they are reinforcing it by providing the reassurance, but really the goal is it's not to talk the child out of the fear, but to teach them how to work through the fear. You know, I use a lot of times I use a metaphor of, you know, encountering a hurdle. Like when we encounter a hurdle, we don't move the hurdle out of the way. We have to learn to jump the hurdle. And so the parent's job is to teach the child how to, how to jump that hurdle. So how do you teach the children to jump that hurdle? How do you talk to a child and you say you don't want to reinforce it or, mm-hmm. you know, give them that avoidance technique, but how do you sort of reassure the child that you will be back and to be consistent? Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you speak to your kids about this? So really what we want to do with parents is to help them put uh, help them help their child put the worry into words, right? So a lot of times worry can really manifest itself physically. So a child might have a stomach ache in, you know, before school or have a hard time falling asleep and, you know, the parents are just going to seek to provide the reassurance, but first we need, we need to really help the child identify, like, what is it that I'm actually worrying about here? So we help the child put the worry into words. What am I imagining is going to happen? So the kid might say something like, oh, well, I'm worried that mom's not going to pick me up after school or that something bad's going to happen. So instead of providing the reassurance, they're helping the child label the worry right, identify it and then label it. We sometimes use um, a tool that I would recommend to parents where you're kind of labeling the worry as sort of the worry bug or the worry bully and kind of giving that child um, an understanding that the the worry bully or the worry bug exaggerates how bad something is going to be, underestimates the child's ability to be able to cope with it. You know, mom will be back. Um, So we use use that strategy. Um, I also help parents use coping cards or statements that can kind of um, help be helpful to the child if a worry arises. You know, that's just a worry monster talking. I can deal with this. Um, Another thing, too, is to really try to have the parent and the child work on a hierarchy of exposures where they're actually engaging in separation and, you know, being able to label the worry and talking back to it and you know, while that's happening. So it might be starting with the easiest. Maybe it's just um, leaving the room when the child's playing in the kitchen or something. Um, go outside and garden while the child is playing, you know, depending on the age of the child. And slowly sort of removing yourself from the situation to, you know, help the child learn when mom or dad or caregiver goes away, they come back. So in other words, practice being apart, maybe for short times at first and then maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit longer, because parents get afraid they're not going to be able to leave their kids with a babysitter. And they need to practice that, correct? Absolutely. That's one of the biggest ones we get a lot here. It's, you know, parents are worried that the child is going to cry or be upset that the babysitter is coming or even the grandparents coming to watch when parents are having a date night, so they don't do it. But then, like I was saying earlier, that's reinforcing the anxiety because, you know, they're not going to give that child the opportunity to to actually encounter the hurdle. They're removing the hurdle. Oh, I'm just not going to go out. Instead, it's about having these conversations, helping the child understand what the worry is, and having them come up with that reassurance themselves to know that mom and dad are going to return, they're going to have a good night. And, you know, distraction is also a good technique, kind of coming up with a plan for the night. You know, what am I going to do with the babysitter? What am I excited about? And a lot of times I ask kids, you know, if you weren't worrying, what would you be able to do with the babysitter? What would you be able to do at school or at the sleepover? Kind of like helping them understand, were they missing out on because this worry monster is bothering them so much? 
When do you worry about separation anxiety as a child gets older? When are some of the Mm -hmm. signs or red flags that separation anxiety has gone a little further than just normal part of childhood? That's a good question. I I mean, a lot of the signs have to do with, again, like those avoidance avoidance behaviors. So, um, you know, extreme distress um, during, you know, a separation or, you know, even prior to the separation. You know, if there's talk of a a business trip coming up with a parent or, you know, something, an event coming up, extreme distress around that, a lot of clinging to the parent. There can be a lot of physical symptoms like I was talking about, you know, stomach aches and things like that. Um, another big sign is really the difficulty to not be able to fall asleep. Um, sleeping, wanting to sleep in the parent's bed. We get a lot, of, now that kids have cell phones, of course, even elementary age kids, there's a lot of texting going on with parents during the day. That's a big sign too. Is everything okay? Am I okay? A lot of questions. Sometimes even if a child is in the other room, they might just ask a random question, not a, doesn't sound like a reassurance-seeking question, but they're asking the question or any question just to make sure the parent is in the other room. That's how we sort of know if there's a lot of avoidance going on. So wrap it up for us, Allison, if you would. It's great information for parents. In separation anxiety, making those goodbyes easier, what you tell them every day. Just try to cease the reassurance that the parents are giving to the children, that the more you allow your child to experience the separations and recognize what their own worry is, they're going to be that much stronger and to really try to help parents deal with their own anxiety around the separations themselves, making sure that they're not doing anything that's reinforcing their child's worry. That's great information. Thank you so much for being with us today, Allison. You're listening to SMG Radio. And for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.